0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tea with Tammy. This is episode 128. It is a Friday episode, and I think moving forward, we're just going to rock on Fridays. I think that's a more fitting day. As much as I would love to drop on a TWT day, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, are cool days. I like Fridays. Fridays, I don't have much to do usually. And I feel like I could really put the time towards the podcast. So Fridays for now. (laughs) But again, welcome. I apologize for my absence last week. I was in the Texas snowstorm of 2021. Yes, I survived. It was um, something interesting to experience. I have seen and experienced snow before most some Texans already have. Um, there's this misconception that you know, Texans don't know what snow is. and it's like we know what snow is. We get it. It's just that it doesn't stick. We can't build a fucking snowman like y'all. but we get it. But this time, oh, plenty of snowmen. To go around. It was an army of snowmen, (laughs) this go round. And that army knocked out power, water, and Texas residents, us Texans, were mad at the mayor, the governor, ERCOT, the individual energy companies. A lot of people are under fire right now. And I wish that I could really dive into my opinion of it all, but. Unfortunately, I can't for personal reasons. But what I will say is that I am so disappointed in the fact that my state is, you know, is fucking built for tough and we, we do a big, right? But yet we're made out of Dixie paper plates. (laughs) This shit over here is fickle and weak. And can break any second. And I don't like that. I don't like how as soon as a drop of snow hits in my state, we, we under a disaster, uh, emergency. I don't, I don't like that because there's other places in the same country who can and do survive daily a lot more snow than what we got. So I feel like that is odd. Um, I know that I could never survive those places. Like what are they doing in Alaska? (laughs) The North Pole, what? Never, I could never visit. Sorry, Santa. Um, Too much snow. Me, I'm a city girl, period. Okay, (laughs) fuck the snow. Um, I'm trying to be inside. And although I did go without power for a day, water for a day, nigga, we made it. So thank you for being patient. I am back. We survived the Texas snowstorm of 2021. And can I just say, it's cool And at the same time, exhausting to be living through so many historical events, just back to back to back. Like we just, y'all just, not we, y'all just stormed the Capitol a few weeks ago. (laughs) I'm already in a historical storm, like the fuck? But anyway, let's move on. I've got some, I got some good meaty topics and then I got some quickie topics. So let's, let's run through the quickies. I know that sounds inappropriate, but we're going to run through, (laughs) we're going to run a train through these quickies and we'll get to the, the meatier topics. So welcome home, Bobby Schmurter. Okay. Number one hot nigga in the country. Welcome home. I love the black boy joy that I just see in his face and around him, he seems very charismatic. He seems like a cool guy Um, for him to just, you know, hold it down for six years, just like Remy, come out. Everyone love him. I'm just, I'm in the moment. I like it. I'm happy. Um, And I don't think you are like a clout chaser or a bandwagoner or a coattail rider if you're happy that a black man is home. I know a lot of people love to be like, y'all niggas wasn't rocking with him when he was out. Y'all don't even like his music. I don't have to. I don't have to like his music to be happy that a black man came home. Come on now. Some of y'all just be saying shit on the internet just to say shit. Like it don't even make sense. I could be happy that the next man is happy. It's Black History Month. The fuck? But what I will say is that I am very tuned in to whatever he has planned. Um, once he's settled in you know he touches down with family friends gets comfortable settled um you know acclimated transitioned whatever and i I'm here I'm here for it I, I I'm gonna admit not the hugest fan of all all his music but he's got some songs and I will say I really enjoyed him on the real Husbands of Hollywood he did make a few cameos with um with Kevin Hart on that show and He's hilarious, and so I really enjoy artists when they show their personality, and I feel like he has a great one. So, welcome home, Bobby. Moving on. Um, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack have teamed up to form a super group called Silk Sonic, and their first song will drop March 5th. What? Bruno Mars, who's been you know, hiding in his cave for the past two, three years and, you know, giggling on the internet about how he doesn't care about not being nominated for awards because he hasn't even put out the music to do so. (laughs) With Mr. Breezy Lovejoy himself, AKA Anderson Pack, The two soulful, jazzy, rhythmic, like artists that I love are coming together now. I know y'all feel away about Bruno sometimes because he is not black making black music. But what I do like about Bruno is that he employs almost 100% black people. I don't know if y'all pay attention to his dancers, his bandmates, um, his manager. Like, it's just, it's black. It's all black around him. And so the fact that he's putting money into black people's pockets, okay, I'm a support. And then Anderson Pack, I've just been rocking for a very long time. Back when he was Breezy Lovejoy, back when he was rapping alongside um, like Wax and Dumbfounded. You know, it was, it was back in the day when they were doing YouTube ciphers, like it was long ago, but he has really transitioned into this now soulful, jazzy R&B rapper. Like he, he's making great moves with his features Um, with his own projects, he's aligning himself with great people like Dr. Dre. And now look, him and Bruno, Anderson, Pack and Bruno. I don't have much more information, but Anderson, Pack and Bruno, like, I hope it sounds like everything I want it to be. And I hope it's just not gimmicky and too poppy or something. And it's for the people, you know, I just hope it's for the people. That's all. But, um, moving on. Something that's um, <laughs> for the people yet not Justin Timberlake. He issued an apology to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. Now the apology is what the people wanted, but did he really do it for the people? <laughs> now, if you don't know what I'm even talking about, let me let me explain. So, the New York Times has a documentary series show on FX and it's also on Hulu. Each episode they cover a different celebrity or major star or artist of some sort and really break down what's going on in their life if if interesting. And so they dedicated an episode to Britney Spears because just the name alone is interesting. I would love to watch a documentary episode on Britney Spears if I didn't even know what it was going to be about. But this documentary in particular was about how she is under conservatorship by her father and how she can't control her finances and make major decisions on her own. But in, in that documentary, they did highlight her relationship with Justin Timberlake and how he used his white male privilege and misogyny to really step on her so he can get by um, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake dated back in the day. They used to wear matching outfits, all denim head to toe, right? (laughs) They used to really be out here getting it, looking cute. I was one of those, I don't know, elementary, middle schoolers who was like, oh my gosh, they're so cute together. Oh, look, they're, they're almost like twins. Um, but unbeknownst, to me, at the time, I didn't know they weren't gonna last. Those denim outfits were gonna have to be hung right back up. But when they did break up, throughout the entire relationship, Brittany made it clear that she was a virgin; she was saving herself. But as soon as they broke up, Justin Timberlake did some did some uh, interviews admitting that they did sleep together. He did put out a music video and song called Crimea River, making himself like he was the victim and he got cheated on when we don't really even know if that is for fact or that is true. And he really just painted Britney as this like villain. And he allowed the media to take that, run with it, and really demonize her while he was seen as this like, cutesy white boy who just wants to do good. And is just goofy and silly and cute and fun and, you know, and perfect. And I fell for it. I'm not going to lie. I, man, every day as I grow, I get mad at myself almost because of the shit that you just find out. From when you were a kid. Like when when the whole... I hate how I, I always bring up this nigga. But when the whole R. Kelly shit really came to my forefrontal... Uh, my frontal lobe. <laughs> when that really hit me as like, Ew, this nigga's nasty. I was mad at myself. Because yes, I was in fucking middle school in fifth grade singing Ignition on the, the playground. Talking about hot and fresh out the kitchen. No, sit down. That's nasty. That's what I should have been told. And so... Now I'm thinking back, wow, I had a whole purse from Claire's. I don't know if y'all remember that, ladies. Claire's, it's like icing, the store, the jewelry store. I had a whole purse from that store that said Miss Timberlake on it. And I wore it every day, sixth grade and middle school. Oh, I thought I was hot shit. I was, I was a hot nigga. Shout out to Bobby Schmurter. But anyway, Justin Timberlake became under fire. Because of that documentary, because of the the highlights of his white male privilege and his misogyny and his ain't shitness, his fuckboyness. Yes, Justin Timberlake, a fuckboy. Yes, there we go. So since the internet was dragging him, they they also decided, hey, let's also drag him for some other shit. Remember when he just left Janet Jackson out to in, in the wind, high and dry, with his white male privilege and misogyny too? So they started dragging him with that. And if you're not familiar with that, he and Janet Jackson had a Super Bowl performance. She was the headliner. They were performing. um, They were transitioning into one of his songs. And during that uh, transition, they had choreographed together and planned to rip off a a piece of her clothing to reveal another piece of clothing under. But wardrobe malfunction, he ripped and everything came off and a whole titty was exposed to the Super Bowl, um, audience and, you know, millions of people watching. Janet Jackson herself became under fire. Um, people speculated that she orchestrated the incident. She intended for this to happen. She knew it would happen. And this was all her fault. When in reality, There was another person who choreographed this with her, knew the stakes, knew the risk, did the ripping of the clothing and yet received no, no backlash, no consequence, not even a side eye. Because why? He's a cute little white boy. We can't get mad at Justin Timberlake with the ramen noodle hair. What? No, we could never. It's gonna be May. We could never. So they dragged a black woman like, oh, the internet loves to do anyway. Or media loves to do. Not the internet. Media at the time. And... She probably lost out on tons of opportunities. She was banned from the Grammys that year. She wasn't allowed to perform at certain places. Everyone was looking at her crazy like she just exposes her body all the time or something. And it was just unfair. And you know what Justin Timberlake did? Not a damn thing. He just sat back, let her just suffer in her career, and just went on to just, you know, cover Prince songs, even though Prince doesn't like Justin, and just do other weird shit in the culture that isn't respected, you know? And so now fast forward to today after X amount of years, 12, maybe, I don't know, 15, maybe since all of this has happened with Brittany and Janet, he now wants to issue an apology talking about, I now realize I didn't do what I needed to do and stand up for the people that needed to be stood up for and all this shit. But I would like to just point out that in this time frame between then and now, he's made countless jokes. He's been in many skits. He's made many comments, tweets about not being sorry. He has shown us who he is and has never been apologetic until now, 2021. The most sensitive year probably for entertainment or anything. And moving forward, it's just going to get more and more sensitive because accountability is in place now. People are, hey, pointing out the fuck shit. And so Justin Timberlake, you don't fool me. I know this was supposed to be a quickie topic, but Justin, you don't fool me. I already burned that purse a long time ago. (laughs) What you need to do is cook those ramen noodles that were on the top of that head and do better. And I feel like it's just a little too late. Shout out to Jojo. It's a little too late. It's just a little too late. And Justin Timberlake, although you are hilarious when you're standing next to Jimmy Fallon in Lonely Island, I do fuck with you. I do like you in movies and shit. I'm not rocking with you. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Just a year ago, someone called you out for the Janet shit. And you know what you tweeted back? Boy, you sound so silly. Sit down. That's what he basically said in the tweet back. What? We're telling you to take accountability of you... Not standing up for a black woman and you want us to sit down? That was just last year. But all of a sudden now he's sorry. I digress. Let's move on. Y'all, y'all do what y'all want with that Justin Timberlake information, but just know y'all should watch that documentary framing Britney Spears on Hulu or FX and really form your own opinion about that white man with his white male privilege. Okay, so the Baby, the Baby and Jojo CY? I'm not going to spend much time on this, but he used Jojo CY's name in a bar. He also prefaced the bar with the word bitch. And it sounded like to a lot of people, the baby was calling Jojo CY a bitch. If you don't know who Jojo CY is, she is a 17 year old YouTube star who I believe maybe has a show on some platform where she dances, she sings, um, she wears pigtails and lots of bright colors. Um, she, she looks like, like the Claire store, was like the Claire store threw up on her and it's great. It's great for children, right? She comes from dance moms. Um, she, she didn't really become a star from that show, but she left the show because of the toxicity of dance moms <laughs> and, and did something on her own and is making her own coin now. And so I respect it. Everybody respects it. And she just recently came out as like, Hey, I'm gay. Um, or bisexual. I don't know what exactly she said, but I know she came out of the closet with some information about her sexuality. And so a lot of people are in her corner and feeling really sensitive if people come at her sideways. And so when the baby dropped that lyric, they were like, whoa, 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 this is our, this is our white new queen. Um, They abandoned Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) They abandoned Ellen DeGeneres last year and replaced her with Jojo CY. I get it. It's cool. I'm on it. I'm on the train. But what we're not gonna do is like crucify this black man for just making a pun that wasn't offensive and just disregard all the other fuck shit that he does to black women. <laughs> like we're focused so much on this hypothetically offensive bar that we're not even paying attention to the real life offensive shit that he's doing. Did y'all, did y'all know that he punched a black woman in the club months ago? I covered it. I talked about it on my podcast. I said it wasn't cool. And I hope that she was getting every coin out of it. I don't know if y'all remember. I don't remember the episode number either, but it was talked about on this platform. And you know what y'all did? He said, shut up. We don't care. Hey, you know what we need? Some more shit with some bopping it. So I let y'all bop it on out. Um, do the cry baby and all that shit with the baby. And now look, y'all want to fucking cry over Jojo CY. No, I'm not with y'all. Mm-mm. I love Jojo too. She seems cool, but come on, she's 17. Even if he did call her a bitch, I think she could handle it. Like, come on now. <laughs> I've been 17 and I was calling other niggas bitches. So <laughs> I don't think that is like, so like much of a hoopla versus like his ex light skin woman talking about, oh, Yellowbone is what he wants, which was dissing his dark skin, black baby mama. There's just other shit that we could be focusing on when it comes to problematic things when it comes to the baby than his hypothetically potentially offensive line that was proven to not be offensive. Makes sense? Hopefully it did. But um shout out to the hypocrites. Um Lauren Hill, she went diamond. Did y'all know that? Shout out to Lauryn Hill during Black History Month, going diamond. I don't know if you know what diamond means, but that means you sold a lot of records, okay? And she went diamond for a *Miseducation* of Lauryn Hill, like one of the best albums ever. It's been, it's on so many lists of like best albums ever in the in our culture, so because you know, Whitney's gone diamond, Outkast has gone diamond, Eminem has gone diamond. It's nice to see another black queen go diamond. It's, it's, it's beautiful for the culture. I'm here for it. Congratulations, Lauren Hill. And just to keep the black excellence rolling, Ruth E. Carter is the first black costume designer to receive a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So shout out to Ruth E. Carter doing a big designing them clothes. And um, we'll get into more artists later, like Favorite black art. Cause I know the last time we spoke, I told you all to start thinking and that we will discuss some black art. This no the, the next episode, of course I was in the snowstorm, but this is the next episode. So we will still talk about it. Moving on Lionel Richie, <laughs> he's 71 and he's dating a 30 year old, which is a 40 year gap, which means that when she was born, he was 40. Ill. And that's all I have to say. Twitter. Okay, let's talk about Twitter real quick. Twitter will be introducing super follows, which allows for people on Twitter to charge their followers for specific tweets and exclusive content. Very similar to Patreon or any other exclusive um, platform like OnlyFans where you're uploading content for someone to pay for it. Now... I tweeted out that, you know, I barely want to see the free tweets, but I get it. Like if you really have some content that you want people to pay for and you need somewhere to post it, there's, there's other places I'd rather you post it, but Twitter is now an option. So I'm not mad at it. It's just that a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are being like duplicated and I feel like we're spreading ourselves thin. So just be careful of like all the platforms that you're using and all the, all the things that you want to post on each of these platforms. Like there is a, there's a means for it, but just make sure you're using these tools correctly and to the full ability. I don't want you to just post shit. Forget about it. Like me on Patreon and it looks stupid. You know what I mean? Like it's, it looks neglected. It looks abandoned. It looks like it doesn't exist and that you shouldn't have even opened the portal to that platform. In the first place so just be careful when you introduce yourself to a new platform and new means and a way to post things because it's you starting over essentially and you having to you know gain a clientele to have them pay and so that shit is hard come on to just like find people to want to pay for a tweet but we'll see like how that goes um Like I said, I feel like there's better platforms to post your exclusive content on, but I'm not mad at it. It's just that I probably won't use it. And um, the last quickie topic, um, it's not a quickie topic, but it'll lead us into our next topic, which is uh, Black History Month, of course. We have to mention it every episode. And I'm sad that we lost an episode this month because we should have just been, you know, black, black, blacky, black every week. But um, we're gonna keep it going this week. And I will say that I have been just catching up or re-watching lots of black content that I love. Like um, two shows that I've been really diving into because it's on HBO Max and I have HBO Max free for some reason. And so I've just been re-watching Key and Pill, which is fucking hilarious no matter what episode you're watching. And s- uh, same thing with Boondocks. I have been watching the Boondocks and... <laughs> judge me if you will but I started with the catcher freeman episode and so if you're familiar with the catcher freeman (laughs) episode of the boondocks I feel like you should too start with that episode if you're gonna watch it during black history month because like (laughs) the hilarity of it all but um some other black content that I watched that's newer um I watched a really good documentary on HBO max um called on the record now this documentary is the documentary about the victims and the abuse caused by Russell Simmons. Yes. Rap godfather of the game, Russell S- Simmons. Yes, him. So I heard about this documentary early last year. And I couldn't find it. People said it was on HBO. And no matter how many times I typed in Russell Simmons' name into my TV and directly into HBO um, platforms, it was not popping up. And to, not today, but the other day, Um, I was just scrolling through HBO max through the documentary section and I was just watching every trailer. I was like, let's just, let's just shoot the breeze. I ain't got water. It's a Texas snowstorm. Let's see what's on HBO max. So I'm watching every trailer and I come across on the record and it's, and it's the Russell Simmons doc. It does not mention Russell Simmons name in the title. It does not mention Russell Simmons name in the description but it's the documentary and it's titled On the Record because these women are going on the record to you know speak their piece about how Russell Simmons either pressured them, raped them, um coerced them, manipulated them, trapped them. Like these are some scary stories. And I see I see you HBO. I see what you're doing. Like you're saving face. A lot of these platforms are saving face when it comes to Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons doesn't even live in the country right now. And a lot of people don't know that because he ran. And it's just funny how Russell Simmons and L.A. Reid get to just quietly step down from their from their jobs after being accused for sexual abuse and being, um, rapists. And they just get to quietly retire in a different country and, you know, do their yoga poses and just still go down in history as these legends. And I'm not for it. I don't like it. And HBO is saving face by not putting Russell's name in that title or in that description. And I know that the documentary should be focused on not the victims. I don't want to call them victims. These survivors, these warriors. I know that they are the centerpiece, but say that nigga's name. So we know that nigga's nasty. Like, what are we doing? Like, I was just, I was tearing up watching it because so many years I'm just respecting and loving this man and we can't say his name out loud. Like this man ain't nasty. Like when he comes out and's like, thank you, thank you, and have a good night at the end of all the, you know, deaf comedy jams, I was like, oh look at Russell, oh, look at him. That's the man with the plan who put it all together. Oh yay. Nah, that nigga nasty. That nigga was holding women down and raping them. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. It gets it gets dark. It gets dark when you start dissecting our culture. But listen. I see what you're doing, HBO. I'm glad it's on a platform. I'm glad this documentary found a platform in the first place because Russell has a strong thumb on a lot of things, but that nigga's scared right now. He doesn't even live in our country anymore because of these accusations. <laughs> Shit's getting real for that light-skinned nigga. But um, I recommend that you all watch that documentary on the record. It is beautifully captured. These women, ugh, It's heartbreaking to hear from, but it's informative and you need to watch it. You need to know what these niggas be up to behind closed doors. It's not, it's not great. It's not, not at all. But anyway, I will also watch, and it's crazy. All of these things that I'm naming are on HBO Max. So HBO Max is doing something right. But um, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, just beautiful. It was a great um, a great rendition of just great acting. You know, it was just amazing acting. I loved it. Um, I learned a lot. Oh man, the things I did not know, the things that we should know, the importance of this film. Because you know, I I'm gonna say it. I hate I hate these black struggle movies where. You know, a white man comes in and is like, no, y'all got to stop. Like, (laughs) like, I'm so sick of that storyline, but this is real life, real history, real people, and we need to know our history, point blank. And so even though it hurts, and even though no one wants to really face a Fred Hampton, you know what I mean, story, we need to know about it. And so seek out these things that I mentioned on HBO Max. If you don't have HBO Max, I'll figure out a way for you to watch these things. I always know a way. I know a workaround. (laughs) And so I I really just want these these things that I've mentioned to be watched by you all. On the record and Judas and the Black Messiah are just really both completely different things, but very important for the culture for us to watch. So... Moving on. All right. So, before we lead into our meteor topic, um, let's preface it with another meteor topic, and that is honoring black art. Like I mentioned before, I wanted to highlight some black artists, either it being like a drawer, designer, just some black art of some form. Not being, you know, television, music, film—the typical things that we usually discuss—because we've already covered the bases when it comes to that. We we covered our favorite actors, favorite shows, content that we love to watch. But let's let's focus on the things that we can't necessarily always hear all the time, and we can just appreciate in silence, you know, and just look at um, visual artists and illustrator. Bria Nicole from Houston, Texas. Oh man, she is so talented. I encourage you to follow her on her platforms, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I have four of her pieces in my home. Um, I have a piece in my kitchen, I have a piece in my office and I have two pieces in my bathroom. Like she really can capture just like the the sensuality and just like the beautifulness and smoothness of our melanin on a canvas and I just love that she's from Texas. I love that she is black and I just love her art. And so please check out visual artist and illustrator Bria Nicole from Houston, Texas. And um if you do end up buying a piece, tag me in it or whatever, send me whatever you bought because I just love discussing her art. I just love going back and forth and being like, Ooh, this art would look so great next to this or in this room. Like I, I'm a HGTV fanatic. So message me if you end up buying art. Um, next person I want to discuss, um, photographer, drawer, painter, and author, Ariel Robinson. I own one of her books. It is titled the modern day black alphabet. It's a hard cover, um, thin book and each page is an alphabet letter, but paired with the letter is something from the culture, something from black culture with it. And so it's nice to turn to a page and on, on letter B it's bump the ends. And it's a picture of someone using a hot comb on a black girl's hair and bumping the ends. And that shit is so black and so needed on my coffee table that I had to buy it in a hardcover. And so she also has another book titled Black Hair Care in Color. Same thing. It's a thin book. And each page highlights a different color um you know in Roy G Biv, right. But each color is paired with hair products. And so of course, when you get to pink, what do you think you're going to see? Pink moisture products. You know, that pink bottle ladies, come on now. I know if you're a black woman listening to the show, you know what pink moisture, uh, hair products is. (laughs) And so if you know what like blue magic is, that's on the blue page. Like it's just, it's so black it has to be bought by black people. And so Ariel Robinson, follow her on Twitter, follow her on Instagram. Her art is amazing. I own her book. And I think, I think she's on her way. She's very talented. For her to be the photographer, drawer, painter behind her own book, like, girl, sis, you doing it big. And then the last person I want to cover, graphic designer, and marketer, Devin Tyler, from the No One Cares podcast. His graphic designs, when he markets his show, is so... I want to use the word jarring. Jarring can be used in many ways, but I mean jarring in the most positive way. Like, it makes you stop and look. Like, it makes me really want to click on whatever he is advertising, whatever he is marketing, and really pay attention. Everything stands out. He has a very bold style, but very simplistic at the same time. And so I respect it because I love that style in, like, logos and designs and, like, fashion. I love simplicity, but I like when it's bold. Um, I even like that when it's displayed on HGTV and homes. And so... To see his graphic designs and to see his work come to life when it comes to his podcast and all his many side ventures, he makes it look visually amazing and like a wonderland of just like great content. It just makes you want to click on it. That's, that's the best way that I can describe it. And so shout out to graphic designer and marketer, Devin Tyler, and please check out his podcast called the No One Cares Podcast. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. So Thank you for listening to me honor this black art. Please check out all those artists. And if you have some artists that you would like to share with me, like, oh, if you like Bria Nicole, you'll also like so-and-so. Please be that person and hit me up. Comment below this episode um, on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I also have a website, tewatammy.com, where you can comment too. Um, So yeah, just hit me up, share that art. Let's keep the black excellence rolling when it comes to honoring all the great things that we create. Moving on now, this topic I've been leading up to because, like, in my head, it's a lot, but I don't even know if I can spend a lot of time now on it just because, like, I almost want to do even more research. But we'll probably come back to this at some point later on in the year. But something was brought to my attention months ago. Months, months, months ago. And it like popped up on my radar again because my my friend sent it to me directly in my DMs and it was like, hey, this should be talked about. And I was like, you know what? It's time. And it's this rapper Ponzi scheme that's going on on the internet that started during COVID, um, during the pandemic season, if you will. Um, It's not really a Ponzi scheme, but nonetheless, it's a scheme and it's a scam. And rappers are getting duped by other rappers and it's not fair. So if you're unfamiliar with this rapper Ponzi scheme, it essentially starts with a popular artist, someone with a well-known name. It doesn't even have to be an artist at this point. Um, A popular celebrity with a well-known name in usually the culture of of hip-hop or, you know, black people. Making a post on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook stating, hey... Tag your favorite unsigned artist. I'm looking for undiscovered talent. I wanna make big waves and big moves. Let's put something together and let's work. Go ahead, tag those artists below. And then, of course, f- friends of friends start tagging all their rapper friends saying, hey, Cash Doll is looking for people. Hey, Dave East is looking for people. Hey, Cassidy is looking for people, you know, just different types of artists, um, gravitating to, you know, their favorite artists because they want to work with them. And so when you message them or, or when you, know when you get tagged in your post, they'll reach out to you. You get a message from a verified account from DMX or Funk Flex or Dave East saying, Hey, I see you working out here. I see you tagged in my comments. Let's get it. Let's work. Let's do it. I'm hosting a mixtape. I want you on it. Like I'm hosting all this great talent. I want you on it. We're going to post this mixtape and it's going to take off because I'm hosting it. And imagine this is coming from the game. Imagine this is coming from Dave East. Um, imagine this coming from Ace Hood. From DJ Khaled. Imagine. A verified account messaging you on Instagram talking about let's work. You're like, bet, let's work. Like, let's get it. Come on now. We the best. I got the keys. I'm smart. I'm loyal. Um, And then they hit you back and say, okay, bet. The spots on the mixtape are $500. I'm taking payments now. If you don't have it all right now, that's cool. But we have to have the money by Friday because that's when, um, the DJ needs to start mixing all the songs together so we can host this by next Friday. Oh, oh shit. Okay. This is, this is moving pretty quick. Okay. Um, 500. Um, I don't really have 500, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Hey, if you, if the spots are going quick, I mean, come on now. Like you're not the only person in the comments. Do you got the 500 or not? Invest in yourself. This, this mixtape is going to take off and you being a quote unquote hungry artist pay that 500 to this random cash app account. And you know what? You are put on a mixtape only on SoundCloud. And the next day after that link is posted, that SoundCloud is deleted and there is no proof of the mixtape nor the song you had on that mixtape, nor the rapper that hosted that mixtape. And you are shit out of luck and they stop responding to you. And you are $500 poor for a spot on the mixtape that no longer exists. Hmm. Ooh, that shit hurt just talking about that. That didn't happen to me, but shit, I feel it. Man, would I be hot. People are calling into the breakfast club, calling out Safari, talking about, man, he ran off with a $1,000, said I was going to be on a mixtape that never even dropped. Mm. I know you see those angry people in the comments and then those, those comments get deleted under, under Cash Doll's page. I know y'all see it. <laughs> I know y'all be seeing it. Listen, I know y'all see it under Benny the Butcher's page him deleting comments because people feel scammed. Listen, COVID, COVID really presented a lot of opportunities for people. You know, some good ones and unfortunately some bad ones. You know, people said, you know, it's not a pandemic, it's a bandemic. Get a band. And you know, we we coming up this year. You know, there's so much opportunity, but hey, not all money is good money. Um so I feel like karma will hit these rappers who are scamming these unsigned artists or these lesser known independent creatives out of their money. Like, I feel like karma will hit them. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I will say all the rappers that are doing it don't seem to be really that popping anyway, you know? Like, sure, yeah, Cash Doll's doing good, but is she Cardi B? Is she mulatto? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not anyone that's who has to do this. Like Cardi B is not scamming people in their DMs. Cash doll is, you know, that's the difference. Um, 50 cent is not scamming people in their DMs. The game is there's a difference, you know? And so I know someone personally, this happened to, I'm not going to put their business on fun street. And I haven't had a conversation with them about it just because I feel like they're still a little embarrassed. They haven't addressed it yet because they thought they were going to be on this mixtape hosted by the game. They started advertising it, bragging about it. Hey, it's coming out soon. Can't wait. Oh, about to be popping. Oh, the game. Oh, shit drops and disappears. Hey, whatever happened to that? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Hmm sounds like you were scammed. And that's nothing to laugh at. It's just be honest with yourself and make smarter decisions. Why are y'all paying celebrities? If they're on their timeline talking about they get money and they talking into a money phone, why do they need your little $500 for a mixtape on SoundCloud? Riddle me that. You're sending them your already made song to just what, upload to SoundCloud? (laughs) Like, Just sit down and think about what you're doing. I hate to just make you sound stupid, but come on. We just got to do better. We just got to do better. Ask questions. Ask the right questions. I saw an exchange with an individual exposing this scheme um, in Ace Hood's DMs, asking him like, hey, okay, if this is Ace Hood, what is, what is this date? Like they kept saying like March 12th or something. Like what is March 12th then? What is March 12th? Because I think it's like Ace Hood's birthday. And the person who was DMing them did not know what that date was. And so that was like a red flag for that individual and was like, nah, this is a scam. I'm not falling for it. But it was coming from their verified account of Ace Hood. Because they give they give their account over to whatever this company is or the label or their partner who came up with this scam to to go back and forth with you all and really pretend that it's them so they can steal the deal on this little $500 for X amount of people across the globe. Do better. And don't sell yourself short. Don't think that you need to be on the next person's mixtape. You don't need to be on a hosted mixtape by The Game? <laughs> the Game, really? The one who brags on his dick of like fucking Black China every other year? The Game? The one who has a sexual harassment lawsuit still active out right now and he refuses to pay the woman her winnings in that in that lawsuit? The Game? <laughs> Come on now. I don't even want to be on a mixtape hosted by the game. The game who used, um, we're going to go there. Let's go there. The game who used Nipsey Hussle's death as like promo for, for whatever he had going on. He posted about Nipsey Hussle every single day for like six months straight when he didn't have not one song with him. He didn't hang out with him, have no picture with him, nothing. The game is weird. Why are you paying him $500 to be on this imaginary mixtape that's on SoundCloud? (sighs) Rapper Ponzi scheme, beware of it. So if you see a post on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook that says, hey, tag your favorite unsigned artist, what I want you to do is comment under that post and be like, why? What for? What we doing? (laughs) Have these conversations out loud and public. Fuck a DM. Fuck a DM, expose them. Ask them, oh, you want $500, I bet, for a spot on the SoundCloud mixtape? Is that what this is? Call them out on it now that you know what it is. I hope that I'm helping someone out to try and, you know, weed through the bullshit that's out there because someone's gonna wanna get you. Someone's gonna wanna scam you. I know scammers. Listen, I got scammers in my family. I, I know the signs. Do you? A lot of people are unfortunate. To know the signs. So here I am to rip those uh, rose colored glasses off your face and let you know that, hey, look, there's bullshit right there. Watch your step. Watch your step. Don't tag that your favorite un- unsigned artist. Watch your step. They're scamming you over there. Watch your step. All right. Well, now that we have warned the people, we've exposed the scheme. We'll, we'll come back later on with more information, see if like, it's still a thing going on. People are still getting scammed because till this day, people are still mad. People are still wanting their money back. People are still trying to get to the bottom of how they got scammed. And sometimes you just got to take that L and do better next time. But in other news, while we wrap up the show, I would like to say congratulations to the T with Tammy Instagram page for reaching a thousand followers. We did it. Yay! We're now a, a micro influencer. <laughs> so I appreciate all the sippers, listeners, viewers, you know, stalkers, lurkers, all of all of you all for really taking the time to hit the follow button and continue to do so you know, tell, tell your friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about Tia Tani. Um, and also look for more questions being asked in the IG story. You know, I ask you all questions because I really want the answers by now. You should know that I don't like to waste my breath on little dumb shit. Like if I don't want to come do a podcast, y'all know already, I'm not going to do the podcast. (laughs) And you know, I just don't like just spinning, time on dumbass topics either and so if i'm taking the time to ask y'all some questions on my instagram stories because i really need an answer from you all people and you know you might miss out on something if you're if you're not there you know so just keep an eye on the tea with tammy instagram stories because shit could be popping up that's important to you Also, I want you all to follow T with Tammy on Apple Music. I took the time to make a playlist and title it um, Negro Spirituals. And I have all my favorite um, Negro Spirituals on this playlist. It is rap, R&B, all of our cultural songs that make us want to get up, sing along, dance, and just feel good. Like, Black Boy Joy, Black Girl Magic type of music where as soon as like we hear we hear the beat drop for Back That Ass Up, oh shit, we all going crazy. Like shit like that. And so Negro Spiritual's like Choppa Style. How can you not get up and dance when Choppa Style comes on? I'm looking at you sideways if you don't like that song. So it's songs like that. Follow T with Tammy on Apple Music. Find the playlist titled Negro Spirituals and jam out for the rest of this Black History Month and really get in tune with the spirits of these Negroes. And follow T with Tammy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Stream T with Tammy on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. Support the show on Patreon at T with Tammy And visit TeaWithTammy.com to subscribe for weekly updates. And until next time, support a Black artist and sip some tea.